Welcome to Design and Wine. Today we're going to be talking about networking. How do you like networking? Ah, do I like networking? Um, I would say I do. Not everything goes for networking, not every type of networking. Um, but I've found that it's just kind of like a, it's a different word to just use to like meet people, make friends. I think that's, I see it as making friends. Do you think so that it's been branded? I think, yeah, I think it's been branded um, over the years. It's turned more into like a make friends type of things. Maybe like 10 years ago, 12 years ago, it was more about like really like hustling and like getting to know people and like fake it till you make it type of thing. But I think it's just with like society becoming more in need of like authentic connections. I think it's turned more into like an exchange, like something a little bit more enticing than just, you know, trying to get things out of people. So maybe we can talk a bit more about that later. Yeah. Maybe it's kind of the shift from people having business cards in their pocket and yeah. capital and networking to, Hey, you know what? Uh, living in cities is quite lonely and I'd quite like to meet people. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Do you like networking? That that answer probably would have would been different a few years ago. My my job is kind of networking now, so it's slightly different. But I do enjoy it. I think the main reason I enjoy whatever, it, whether it's that word networking or not, or meeting people or something else, is because it allows me to talk about something I'm passionate about most of the time, and that gives me a really useful anchor to feel comfortable i'm not really comfortable going in blind to a group of people and saying hey do you want to talk about design it doesn't really necessarily feel comfortable to me whereas where some people completely thrive in that environment yeah i've i've always been in awe of like americans like how good they are at networking and like starting conversations like on the plane or at the elevator like something that I find like horrifying because I never know what to say. Um, I think for some people networking is just like, yeah, I'll just come up to this person and start a conversation. I find that really difficult. Um, I think there's two like really big different types of networking. Like one will be like social media, which kind of removes that barrier of like, starting a conversation with a stranger in person and then like how do you do it in person like in a conference or in a, at, at an event um i'm really curious about how you go about uh networking uh you're have quite the following in social media especially twitter twitter is kind of a place right now so i want to i want to hear a little bit about how you are uh, dealing with that today how are you making connections today yeah before that though i think it's probably worth noting that we met via <laughs> via networking in a in a kind of way oh right through, we did uh my now probably ex blog where i'd interview designers and i interviewed you and that was quite a scary thing for me to do <laughs> i didn't know you very well we followed each other on twitter um i I remember you following me back once and be like, whoa, she followed me back. A, a real designer who works at GitHub followed me on Twitter. 
What? That was, that was actually a moment for me of thinking, yeah, maybe this sort of cold calling approach to meeting people is useful and can work. That does for me. That was in a, in a previous iteration of me, really important. Wow! Like this is what I, I didn't know about this. Like for me, it was wow. Someone wants to interview me. Like what? Uh, I think it was like mutually cool thing. Uh, but I I didn't remember that that's how we met because I think we also like then like worked together like a few months after that. Uh, so to me, it was a bit blurry when that had happened. But that's so cool. Yeah. So <laughs> if is anybody kind of thinking? Uh, what's going to happen if I follow somebody or if I message somebody or reply to somebody on social media, you may end up doing a podcast with them two years later. So that yeah. could happen and just kind of do it. Go, go ahead and do that. Whether that's via social media or a Slack group or replying on Medium or whatever it is, you never know how these things play out. As part of that interview series I actually did where you are an interviewee, somebody in India started doing like an Indian version of it after reading the ones that I was doing. So they interviewed a few designers in India as part of this sub brand thing. So that network effect of being online worked out for them too. Uh, I think that kind of cent centrally it's, you never know what you're going to lose out on if you don't give it a shot. Yeah. I actually think about that often, uh, especially now that I'm freelancing, um, Every day is an opportunity. This sounds like a self-help <laughs> self-help book. Uh, but it is truly every day an opportunity to like talk to a stranger. Like you never know, like the worst that can happen is they won't reply. I think we talked about this at the at the episode about getting a job. Yeah. Um so I, I think those like networking and um kind of uh things you do to find a job are two like very similar things yeah uh, so back to the uh, i've distracted away from your original question <laughs> now for me to actually answer it how do i how do i go about social media and twitter and that kind of thing uh, because i work for a brand that is recognizable there's a really unfortunate but fortunate for me side effect that having a brand on your bio which is popular and well-known kind of just throws you into popularity if, uh, if you take advantage of that fact. I have leaned very heavily into Twitter for three years now, even though I was using it before. Over the past year, three years have been very consistent, very regular, all over it, in effect. In fact, somebody recently told me that they muted me because I was tweeting so much. So that was an indication that I was... Uh, probably leaning too too heavily into it. Honest feedback. Yeah, it, well, exactly. And you can't grow unless you don't know. I so for me, it's I treat Twitter basically like my resume now, because it's all of my ideas and all my resources and all my thinking is is out there. But it is kind of the only one that I use, which is scary, because it may not exist forever. And the amount of energy that has been put into this platform, which is seemingly crumbling, I don't think it necessarily is, but seemingly means I'm kind of putting a lot of eggs in one single basket for that. But as for like how I network on it, I sometimes um, 
wonder whether I'm a sort of subset of Figma support team on Twitter and replying to things and how do you do this and all that sort of stuff. But I just kind of enjoy that anyway. But in practical terms, I spend chunks of time throughout the day on it, replying, posting, replying to DMs takes quite a lot of time sometimes. Um, so I am engaged heavily. I don't necessarily go out of my way now to find new people. And that's a problem because of that brand exposure. Mm -hmm. um, and I, before this job, I wasn't in that position. I see. Um, I'm really curious because you mentioned like Twitter may not exist forever. Wonder why I'm not sure. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm going through kind of an awkward moment on Twitter, um, on social media in general. I, I was using Twitter like in a similar way that as you were using it, I was going on it every day and I was treating it as like, it is my resume. It is where I make connections. There is what I get jobs. And since things started changing there, um, I went through a lot of like awkward phases. Like it, like almost like suddenly I went back to being a teenage, like suddenly I, I had Twitter blue for like a month. And then in that month I lost followers. And then I felt ashamed to tweet because I felt like I am like pointing at myself being Twitter blue. Yeah. Uh, did I lose the little credibility that I could possibly have by having Twitter blue? Do I even think that Twitter blue is a bad thing? And so I like didn't know what to tweet. I didn't know what to share. Like it's become weird for me to be there now. Um, and then I'm on blue sky, which feels promising. Uh, it's, it feels like it's slowing down now, uh, compared to like a month ago. But I, it, it's made me realize how much not having an audience influences the way I want to talk to it, the way I, the way I want to publish. So I feel really awkward all the time. I don't know what to say, but I at the same time I also feel like I'm missing out on like still being a part of the community. So I want to know your feelings about this. Yeah, I have signed up for Mastodon, Blue Sky, Substack Notes, Read.cv posts, all the things. Mostly just to claim my handle, but also as a, maybe a security measure in case something bad happens to the primary tool that I use. But like you, I haven't found traction yet, or that's, that's the wrong way. I haven't found an interest to want to use these things because I'm still heavily using something else. And there just isn't enough time in the day to be posting in multiple places and replying to multiple places and following people in different places because it become become his job in itself. That's why I'm still very, well, only sort of on Twitter because I additionally have, I know what I talk about on there and how I structure things is, is my voice that has been crafted in the years of practice on there. Whereas these other things feel like I'm starting from zero and it would feel wrong to do the same thing. And that takes years to work out. And right now, I just haven't got that time to focus on it. Yeah, uh, that makes total sense. And I'm kind of getting the feeling that like, we're not the only ones feeling kind of weird about it. And I think some people, what they're trying to do is actually like try and get like that following like really quickly on Blue Sky or different social media to like, you know, not feel like you're attached to Twitter, like you can leave, like having the feeling like you can leave Twitter without missing out. 
is something that I think a lot of people are looking for. And I think that is creating a trend in which I see a lot of content that feels, first of all, like created by ChatGPT or like something like very form formulaic. That's a word, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, and so it feels like people are trying to like speed up the process that it's actually like a, for people, especially people like you with a big following that's taken years and like, it's not something that you can like stretch in time, right? Like you can, it takes time. It takes day by day. It takes like interaction by interaction. So yeah. um, I think it's creating a trend of ungenuine content and a little bit boring. Yeah, I'm happy you mentioned that because at least in maybe the past month or so, maybe more, the the popular tweets that I come across are not community driven. They are trying to sell something effectively. Mm -hmm. And it be has become in places, not everywhere, effectively a growth, ha growth hacking platform where you find a format that works and you do these things all the time and then people like them and then you sell them something later on that is not social media that is more arguably more like a networking thing where you're treating it as a means to an end which is money which is the business card thing that we spoke about at the start mm -hmm. so maybe social media becomes networking and networking becomes social media but i think we all fell into it and enjoyed using it because of the people that we get to meet in different places around the world, rather than thinking, I'm going to turn this into money at some point, mm -hmm. which is why it feels a little bit gross to me when I see the, that it becomes a marketing platform, Yeah, which is inevitable because it's popular. But I still think that centrally, the people who, um, in air quotes, do well on these things are those that you can see that it's a real person. And that it's their their approach and their ideas and they're doing it because they want to share, not because they want to take. Yeah. And like let's define what doing well means, right? Because Yes. For yeah. example, on Blue Sky, I've seen a lot of people who have a lot of followers already. And then you look at who they follow and they follow everyone. So they have like a thing. I don't even know how they do it, but like they have a thing that they automatically follow everyone that joins blue sky um so that inevitably like creates you know if if one percent of the people you're following or ten percent of the people you're following follow you back then you are getting a lot of followers if you follow everyone um but that obviously is not what you want it's not what i would want most people wouldn't want followers for the sake of followers right what you want is to have either to have a voice or to have a platform, a place where you can talk to other people and connect. Um, and I think it's really easy to lose uh, like side of that, especially in moments. I feel, I feel that myself in moments of desperation now, like in which I feel, I really feel like the good thing that I had going on on Twitter is going away. Like I do find myself trying to think, Oh, how can I get some of that community back? How can I, because for me, Twitter is where I have gotten jobs. So it's like, that's not why I have Twitter, but I do stay on Twitter because of that. Because given how things have changed yeah. lately, I don't really feel like being on Twitter anymore. Um, yeah. But I, I can't afford not to, you know? 
I would assume that they got the jobs because people saw you and your voice in the content rather than you seeing it as a place to get a job. Mm -hmm. So I think there's a flip side of that, the attitude in which you approach a platform and therefore the networking on it. Sure, you can DM everybody on there and say, I'm looking for a job, I'm looking for a job. I get tons of those things where people are saying, I'd like, a, I'd like in very generic words, I'd like to work at your company. I was like, well, firstly, do you know what the company is? Yes or no? Do you, have you looked at the jobs board? Probably not. Uh, it doesn't work like that. So seeing it more of like a human connection leads to something rather than I want to get over that and just straight to the thing that is going to benefit me. Yeah. Which is the same in person. If you're at a conference, for example, and oh. come, somebody came over and said, I would like to work with you. Like, well, hang on a second. Let's take a step back. Let's get to know each other. Mm -hmm. Network rather than um, treat it as a transaction. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, I'm glad you brought that conference uh, word out because we have a conference coming up. Uh, I'm going to conference in person, but you're not really well for the first time in years. So it's really exciting to me. Um, I have high hopes for it because I feel like meeting getting to meet certain people in in person um will kind of replace that thing that i'm missing from twitter right now um but i'm also socially awkward sometimes like not behind not not in front of a camera or twitter or anything but in person like it's it, it's difficult for me to just like come up to a person and talk um so i am looking forward to finding ideas of how to like network at an event um obviously you have experience with that so uh, I want to hear a little bit about um maybe like some anecdotes or like what like best interactions that you have you've had on, uh, uh, at any event yeah yeah <laughs> I think maybe first you start reassuring that or to reassure is that designers are mostly introverted and scared to go and talk to new people so everybody in these rooms is very similar and it's probably thinking the same thing as like, oh, what do I say to people? <laughs> the thing is, though, everybody is kind of in those rooms with a shared interest and would, I would bet on it, gladly jump into a rabbit hole of talking about something very specific in design for an hour. And that bond and therefore that networking may lead to something. As somebody who is maybe a freelancer of looking at a, the potential opportunities that could happen at these things, you wouldn't walk up to somebody and say, I'm a freelancer looking for a job, but you might say, I really like components and therefore have a conversation with somebody. And they're like, well, do you know what? I know somebody who's hiring for a design systems freelancer in this thing. And that might be the, the narrative that ends up happening rather than seeing, like I said before, that transactional attitude. But like personally also, I find it very difficult being in conferences and kind of just knowing where to look and like, what do I do? What am I supposed to be doing right now? Where should I go? Am I missing out on anything? Is that talk that I wanted to see happening or is it in a few minutes? Do I get a coffee or do I go, you know, there are all these sorts of questions that I would have, which can be crippling. Uh, I've, I've seen people who I, at, at conferences, I haven't been to many, by the way, I've only been to a couple and most of them are with work. So it's slightly different anyway. I've seen people at conferences who I have seen online who I assumed were extroverts hiding in the corner, just like playing on their phone, scrolling around because there's very different 
personas on and offline, which is totally fine. And not everybody should be exactly the same everywhere. But if you're also in that situation where you're thinking, I'm nervous or scared to be in these spaces, most people are going to be feeling the same, particularly in our industry, which means that you might just need a spark of something, which I think is why conferences can be useful because you've just watched something. So you might have watched a talk on accessibility, for example, and you can say, hey, did you go and see that talk? What did you think about X? And that's your, that's your in. That can be your anchor for what you're talking about for a while. Or just hang out by yourself. You know, there's no pressure to do these things. And every, every conference will be different and every uh, industry will be different. What I think can be maybe challenging is where you are at a conference or an event which is really multidiscipline. And you maybe don't know what people know or don't know. That could raise the stakes a little bit, but still, there's a likelihood you've seen the same things and can talk about those things. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's funny that you mentioned about uh, like someone just being in the corner with their phone scrolling. I used to be that person at conferences. Well, I mean, in general, uh, if there's a big group of people, that's when I, I shut down. Um, and I think post-pandemic, it almost feels like that's not something I can afford to do. Like it feels like time in person is so precious and I'm so glad to be able to go to conferences in person and not have to sit through another Zoom one. Like, you know, especially in this, like this comfy coming up is really special to me because it's, it's the first time after um, uh, after the pandemic. So um it, it feels like now I need to like talk to people and just be around people. Um, it kind of clashes a little bit with my tendency to, for example, if someone talks to me for a long time, and this is me being vulnerable, it talks to me for a long time, I get distracted. And then I try to go, go back to the converse, conversation. It's not that I don't care about what they're saying. It's, it's like attention. Attention yeah. is failing me. Um, and so... It takes it takes a lot of effort, but I think it's worth it. Um, I think that there is things if you're like me, you have difficulties with uh, certain social interactions. I think there are things you could do. For example, you can pair up with someone. Uh, I find it that if I'm hanging out with one person, and then that person is like maybe just as awkward as me, or maybe like better at like cold appro approaching people, or they know people. I feel like that's like a really good in into a group. Yeah. Um, and then after that, I don't find it difficult. Like once somebody starts a conversation, I don't find it difficult to chime in or to say something or like, I'll try to make a joke. Like that's uh, not something I have a problem with. Or food. If there is food, I think food is something that people can talk about for hours. Um, I remember at Clarity, in 2018, there was this delicious cookies back when I was able to eat gluten. Uh, they were the best cookies I've ever had. And I, I remember like there was this like whole group that we sat together. We were talking about how delicious those cookies are. And I follow those people on Twitter. I talk to those people. I like, it's just so cool how about something that is just so easy to talk about like a cookie, you can actually create connections. Yeah. So I, I think everybody needs an anchor point somewhere yes. and for me that i remember this is probably similar time maybe 2017 2018 before that i'd never ever been to any events really any designer never thought about it 
that's kind of a separate discussion we could have. But I remember this was in, this was in Sydney, Australia, and there was one guy who I knew on Twitter, and I saw that he was going to this event, and I thought, okay, well, I won't be alone, so I'm going to go to this event. And I turned up by myself, kind of walking around timidly, looking around, like, what am I supposed to do here? And I saw him in the distance. I was like, yes, somebody I know. Mm. And we went and kind of walked over and was like, are you? And he's like, are you? And I was like, yeah, that's me. Nice. And then we hung out the night for the rest of the night. And that, that was the way that I felt comfortable, is having a familiar face, not necessarily a friend or somebody I knew really well, but just somebody I could sit next to. And that meant that I could feel comfortable for the entire event and not feel like I'm in the wrong place, which is how I can sometimes feel at conferences, like I'm in the wrong place. Mm -hmm. Why am I here? How am I here? Should I be? Yeah. Um, okay, so I have, I have one last question slash thought. Um, so ultimately, like networking, it in a way it is like like means to an end right like if you want to get jobs i'm talking as a freelancer but you can also like be looking for for a full-time position uh you can see going to a conference as an investment right like for me for me it is like it is it is not cheap for me to fly to san francisco and go to a a conference it's it's definitely like a financial effort for me but i see it as an investment and i'm hoping that i'll you know, something will come of it. Like at least um, I'll get to know other people, other companies. I don't have like anything specific that I'm looking to get out of, but I'm hoping I will. Um, how how does one go about that without carrying the like stack of business cards or without wearing a t-shirt that says I'm looking for a job? Like how does one do it in an authentic way? But you know, like you, you make sure like you, I'm trying to make money, right? I'm trying to like have a job. I'm trying to keep my livelihood. Yeah. I think there's probably two things. The first one is that it's mostly about community, those things. And community generally are helpful people. But, um, but secondly, it is kind of like a marketing exercise that you're ultimately going to be doing. But it's not a one-way. It's a two-way street. There's going to be some sort of exchange of ideas, information, values, interests. And that is maybe something that's going to force you or other people to get out of that comfort zone and to be comfortable talking to strangers at length and to loads of them. Not that it's going to be, hey, are you hiring? Hey, are you hiring? Hey, do you know anybody who's got a job? But it might be just be smiling to everybody, saying, hey, how are you? To people that you're walking past, and something might just click into place with a person, but you're still at an investment. And investments don't always win, work out. Yeah. But they can if you make them work hard. Uh, so it's about that work that needs to be put in on the community side to ensure you are a familiar, recognizable face. Like the guy I mentioned at the event I went to was a familiar face that I could invest in to make my evening more comfortable. Mm -hmm. And you need to be investing in these other people and become genuinely interested in what they're doing and who they are to play this out in the longer term or mid to longer term because that person you meet and spend 20 minutes talking to about cookies might not give you a job now, but they might recommend you to a job in six months yeah. or a year. And that longer term benefit or payoff from that investment you originally made will come to fruition. You just can't necessarily see it as an overnight, 
I'm going to a conference, therefore I'm going to be hired tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think for me, like what I what I would would tell myself, and I I, I think that could be like a good uh, closing message is there is no there is no shame in networking to trying to get a job. There's no shame in trying to get something out of an event or an interaction. But I think you always have to do it. You have to have your own principles present um, and do the things that you're comfortable with and just try to make it in the most authentic way possible. Um, and, and I get that it's, you know, I have a bit of a runway now, like finding a project, right? But maybe in a few months from now, I'll be like more pressed to get a project. And then maybe you will be able to tell that I feel more desperate or that I feel like I really need to get a job. And like, I don't think that's a, an issue. I think if you're transparent and um, truly uh, try to make genuine connections, um, it can feel good to network. I think that's what I'm telling myself, myself and that's what I'm hoping for. Yeah. And just maybe some practical, practical advice from to that just because of the job that I have and the exposure, I get a lot of people saying, Hey, can you add me on LinkedIn? Or, Hey, can you take my email address? That puts the work onto the other person. I think that the owners should be on you as the person who ultimately wants this connection to say, I will add you on LinkedIn or I, let me take your email address and I will, uh, contact you rather than putting on the other person to contact you because that's not what they're there for. Mm-hmm. It's you that needs the thing and they're going to enable you to get there. So just, just do the work f- for them instead of saying, um, you know, scan my LinkedIn QR code. It's like, hey, then I'll follow up with you and then make sure you follow up, make sure you follow up with those people and just mention where you met, mention what you spoke about so they can anchor that back to where it was. If you're meeting loads of people, they're probably meeting loads of people too. So how can you make it as easy as possible to ensure they remember that conversation that you had with them to maybe in the longer term get that yeah you're after i can't believe we made it through an entire conversation about networking and we didn't talk about linkedin ah yeah that's true it, maybe it's not uh, yeah fortunately we're running out of time i think we could probably skip that <laughs> indeed All right, thank you so much, and we'll see you all next time.